0: United Church, how are we feeling today? Are we feeling good? <laughs> Woo! Man, what an amazing, what an amazing day so far. It's 75 and sunny outside. It is beautiful, and uh, it's all a mindset. Come on, somebody, all a mindset in how we choose to view the day. But, man, I'm just excited for what I believe God is going to do today in this final week of this series, The Future Is, um, but before I jump into the final week, I, I want to kind of fill you in on um, something that's coming up on august twenty third, next Sunday. I am so excited about this because some of you um, you've been attending since we began back just three weeks ago, and you're wondering, man how do i how do I take a next step in being part? of this church, and uh, I wanna show this to you. This is the date that's coming up. We have what we call Growth Track Express coming up on Sunday, August 23rd. It'll be from 1.30 to 4.30, and we usually do a, a four-week kind of classroom setting where we talk about, man, everything that God has placed inside of you and how that uniquely connects to His church and how you can bring those two things together, and it's amazing, amazing thing to see your gifts come alive in His church and His bride, and so I wanna invite you out. Maybe you've been wondering, like, how do I find out more about the church Listen, you can go through Growth Track Express, find out more about what we believe and who we are and all those things, and the the end of this doesn't have to be you serving, but the goal would be for you to find a family, for you to find a team, and we're just believing that this is going to be absolutely fantastic. Also, I want you to know about Growth Track Express, is we have, during COVID, we have rewritten the entire, all of the content, because we just believe that um, we should be better, and we should take some time like that to concentrate on getting better, and uh, we believe it's an even better representation of who we are as a church, so... If you have never gone through Growth Track Express, you can do that. You can head out to Next Steps after the experience. We would love to have you. It'll be right here at Dover High School. It's gonna be absolutely fantastic. But today, uh, as we finish up this series, the future is, because next week we start a brand new series that I'm so pumped up about. They'll tell you more about that here in just a moment. But I wanted to ask you guys a question. How many of y'all have friends who are awesome people, but they give the world's worst advice? Anybody have that friend? Right, you have awesome friends, and just because you raise your hand doesn't mean they're the one beside you. It could be somebody who's not here, and that's okay too. But, but you have friends that they're, they're amazing people, and it's like like uh, we used to say, uh, I grew up in the South, and, and we would say, bless their heart. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's like the Christian way, it's, it's not, a, not a positive thing. Anyways, but, but we, we, we have awesome people in our lives, but they give the worst advice. There's those people in your life that they, the answer to everything, you, you've seen this. Maybe you have a friend like this is, is the response just give it time. You have those friends in your life, just give it time. Like you've got a broken leg and you're just dragging your leg along and they're like, hey, it's gonna be all right. Just give it time. Just give it time. They're averse to all confrontation. And so any like work conflict that you get in or any like marriage conflict you give in, their only advice to you is, hey hey, man, just give it time. Like if you just give it time, and can I tell you like give it time is not always the best advice. Anybody with me on that? Give it time is not always the best Advice. Then you have those friends that are like, hey, the treat yourself, you deserve it type friends. (laughs) Yeah. These are the people that you're trying to do good. Like you're trying to like eat better and they're walking by you with the maple bacon cupcake. Come on, somebody. They are they are shoving that thing in your face. And you're like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Now nah, just treat yourself. You deserve it. I know you were at the gym this morning. Have four cupcakes. You know what I'm saying? Like they're the type of people that there's never a bad day to smash a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah. You are that friend. The ones that cheered right there. You're, just treat yourself. You deserve it like every day for them is a holiday it's like every day can't be a holiday I'm trying to get rid of this come on somebody trying to look good on the beach anybody else with me a little bit vain I'm just kidding don't raise your hand don't raise your hand but then there's the folks like the the one that's the worst is the friend that's like yo yo guess hey listen it'll just it'll all work out it's just gonna it's it'll all work out and this is what people tell you when there is zero hope for your situation. So if you ever have somebody walk up to you and they're giving you advice, even if they're amazing people and they say, hey, listen, it'll, it'll, all, it'll all work out. It's gonna be beautiful. And they get a little in their voice. Like, you know it's not true. They're just trying to like abdicate themselves from any responsibility in your life and make themselves feel better. You know it's true. Hey, my, my car broke down and they're like, you know what, it'll all work out. It'll all work out. It ain't gonna all work out. Like I got a speeding ticket, you know, it'll all work out. I got food poisoning, it'll all work out. (laughs) Like they they just, the response, and so often it just feels empty. As I was thinking about this last week of where we were going today, and as obnoxious as it is to hear from someone, when they tell you it'll all work out, can I tell you that God says the same thing? But I wanna tell you the biggest difference because there's a huge difference. You see the biggest difference between someone abdicating their responsibility and God telling you that it'll all work out is that they're not just empty words with God. That it's a promise. And one of the things that I love so much about my God and you've heard me if you've attended united for any length amount of time you'll be able to finish my sentence in just a moment that our God is just not just a promise maker, he's a what? He's a promise keeper. And every single promise that he has made has come to pass, or the ones that he has made that have yet to come to pass are working themselves out. And I wanna tell you that our God, when he says it'll all work out, it's a promise that he's made and it's a promise that he will keep. And what's important to know about the future What's important to understand, because if we wanna fill this blank in like we've done the last few weeks, the future is, and we've filled that blank in with a lot of different things, what I want you to know about your future, what I want you to understand about where we're going is this, is that the future is better. Anybody thankful that the future is better than where we sit today? Let me ask that again. Anybody thankful that the future is better than where we are today? Yeah, I'm just thankful that the future is better than where we are. It's better because God promises us it will be. I want you to check this out. I want you to check this out because the the promise that God makes is for a better future, not your preferred future. I want you to understand that there's a difference between the two because he doesn't just promise you that, that it will be your preferred future because there's a difference between what we see and what God sees. How many of y'all remember Garth Brooks? Come on, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Anybody remember that? He was, he wasn't, I mean, not quite theology, but it was, a, it was close, Garth, good try. How many of y'all, y'all love Garth with his big old belly and the foam puff and the guitar? Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all need to get cultured. You need to watch some Back to the Future and listen to Garth Brooks, you know what I'm saying? Like you need to get in on that thing. But Garth said some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Listen, that they weren't unanswered, it was just that God knew better than you knew. It's just sometimes that God has better perspective than you have. You see, the difference is this, is that we think, well, the future that we think, it, will, it is good, it might even be great, because listen, you have visions, you have dreams, you have aspirations and goals. I know that you do. I've, I've talked to you, you have all kinds of amazing things that you have planned for your life, but the biggest difference is that the future that God has for you and I is far greater than anything that we could ever ask or imagine. Some of you know Ephesians chapter three, verse 20, that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than anything that we could ever imagine. And some of you are like, how could it be even better than anything that I could imagine? So today, what I want to do is I want to take a look at how it could be better than anything that we could ever imagine. If you've got your Bible, turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, will be there in just a moment. But the author of Hebrews, he actually, he, he tells us a lot about this. And Hebrews 11 is full of people that could tell us their story of how God's plans are better. This chapter is affectionately referred to as the hall of faith. Some of you guys have have read Hebrews chapter 11 before, and if you haven't read it, I would encourage you, just like I I encourage you to read all of Psalm 139 last week, I would encourage you to read all of Hebrews chapter 11 this week, it will stir your faith. But this chapter, it shows us some of the heroes of our faith, heroes like Noah, heroes like Abraham, heroes like David and Gideon, and, and heroes like Moses are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. And it's kind of awesome because as you read verses one through twelve, it tells the story of these heroes. There's a, a, a lot of heroes that are mentioned, there, and so does seventeen through forty. Those verses, but in verses thirteen through sixteen, the author of Hebrews—Hebrews, Hebrews, you know what I'm saying? Hebrews, you know, like that's the new version. Hebrews, the author of Hebrews, he shows us how your future is better. Don't laugh at me. Laugh with me. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference. I can tell. But Hebrews chapter eleven, verse number thirteen. Check it out. Is he's writing. He says, all these people, the people that have listed in the first 12 verses, and then later on, he says, all these people died still believing what God had promised them, that they had not yet seen the Messiah with their eyes, but they knew that God had promised them. They knew that God was a promise maker and a promise keeper. They had seen many of these promises come to pass. He says, they did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. And they agreed that they were foreigners and nomads, here on earth. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. You ever felt that way? Take out verse 14. He says, obviously people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. This isn't talking about like a physical country. This isn't talking about like the United States of America. How, how many of you know that like we say God bless America, and America has been blessed by God, but like America isn't the chosen ones by God Almighty. You understand that, right? So when we read this, we're like, oh, he's talking about America in here. No, he's not talking about America. He's talking about a, a, a country, like a, a spiritual country that they can call their own. Verse 15, if they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. He says, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland, And that is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Come on, anybody excited about this passage already? I'm excited about this passage. Listen, can I be the first to tell you today, on this rainy, soppy, 75 degree and sunny day, can I be the first to tell you today, if you are in Jesus, listen to me, church, if you are in Jesus, if you are a follower of Christ, your future is better. Like I want us to begin to lean into this. I want us to begin to believe this. I want us to begin to stir our faith because what I have found, we're gonna talk about heaven today. I'm really excited about heaven and really excited to talk about heaven. But what I have found is I've even studied this over the last week is I've began to realize that some of earth's like tendencies and pleasures and some of the things that are in my life have a grip on my heart because I find it hard to get more excited about heaven than I do 2020 in mask-wearing, social distancing, craziness that we're living in. But today, what I wanna do is I wanna stir all of our faith to believe, to truly believe that the future is better than what's ahead of us is better than what we are currently finding ourselves in right now. Your future will be better, trust me, church, because God promises it will be. The first thing he promises about your future is this, is that it will be preferred. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. It will be preferred. Verse number 15 and verse part of 16 says, if they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. They were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. How many of you have ever found yourself looking for something more? like looking for something better. Like if this is all there is in this life, there must be something more. Anybody just be honest enough to say, like there must, my hand is raised, there must be something more. I I love what C.S. Lewis said about this. He said, the fact that our heart yearns for something earth can't supply is proof that heaven must be our home, woo! Let me, let me read that again because I want to stir this up in us today. The fact that our heart yearns for something earth can't supply is proof that heaven must be... Our home. The fact that you have gotten that raise that you thought would bring you to life and you realize that wasn't what was going to do it. You bought that new car that you were waiting on. You moved into that new house or you got that girl. Come on, somebody. You you got married, whatever it was. And you realize that that wasn't what it was gonna be that filled that gap that was in your heart. It's proof to you that heaven, it must be your home. Come on, that heaven must be your home. Home. The longer I live on earth, the more I realize this is not my home. The the more that I, I journey, because listen, I love the things that I get to be a part of. I love my family. I love my wife. I love Sherry. I love my son, Jace. I love the church that we're able to be a part. I love that we get to do this week in and week out. But there is nothing that I'm a part of on this side of eternity that fills the hole in my heart that only my God in heaven can. And he's reminding me, he's reminding me that my future, come on, it's preferred. My future is I feel like you're getting stirred up a little bit today. See, the greatest heroes of the faith knew a secret that would be great for everyone to know today. They knew that the life they were living for was better than the life they were living in. If you're taking notes, I want you to write it down because I believe this, if you don't get anything else I have to say today, if you're watching online, I want you to hear this today, that the life you are living for is better than the life you are living in. And some of us don't know that yet. For some of us, that's hopeful. Because as you journey through life, like you find yourself like barely staying above water, like, you're, like everything's kind of coming up to this point. And, and you're thinking about, you're hearing me talk about this and you're like, man, I, I hope so. You're believing this promise because things maybe are tough right now. For others of you, things are great. Like things are up and to the right. Let's just be honest. Like during this time, like it was either like feast or famine for a lot of people. Like some people was was famine. Some people like it's it's been a struggle. But for other people, like your business has been up and to the right, and you're wondering, can that really be true? Is the life that I'm living for really better than the life that I'm living in? Because Pastor Kenneth, I'm making 500k this year, and it looks pretty good. Can I tell you that even if things are up and to the right, even if your marriage is the best it's ever been, even if you've got that brand new car and that brand new house, the life you are living for is way better than the life that you are living in. And I think that we all need to get that kind of perspective. Abraham and Moses and all the heroes, even though they faced tremendous struggles, they were confident that the future they were living for was better. It was a preferred future. They were living for this promise. They were living with heaven in mind. God promises your future will be preferred, but he also promises this, that your future will be prepared. Oh, come on, this is so good. He says this, he says, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. He says, that is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has what? He has, church, come on, help me out. He has prepared a city for them. Church, can I tell you that your future is better if you're a follower of Jesus because it's it's prepared. Even Jesus, in John chapter 14, as he was talking, he said this, check out what Jesus had to say. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. He says, in my Father's house are many rooms, And if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Jesus is saying, hey, I'm not going to lie to you. If I told you I'm going to prepare a place for you, I'm not like, psych, like I'm not messing with your mind, like I'm really going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am you may be be also. How amazing is it to know that Jesus, the Savior of our life, has gone to prepare a place? How, like, what's your, what's your architect's name? What's your general contractor's name? Jesus. Come on, somebody. Every every wall is going to be square. Everything's going to look good and be in its place. It's going to be done on time. Am I preaching to anybody today? You're going to have a great contractor. His name is Jesus. And I get so excited about this that think about regardless of how great my dreams may be for my my life, no matter how big the plans I have for my life, that Jesus has something so much greater prepared for me that I can't even wrap my brains around, that one day I will be able to spend eternity with him in the place that he has prepared for me. I think that one thing that we miss, I'll just speak for myself, the one thing that I miss talking about in church and talking about from this platform is the idea that one day we will spend eternity somewhere. Eternity is defined, this is my definition, this isn't any crazy theological breakthrough, forever and a day that one day that we will spend eternity somewhere, and if we're in Jesus, come on, we will spend eternity, we will spend eternity in heaven with him in the place that he has prepared for you in the place that he has prepared for me. And I just have to think that if I have a choice in this, which you do, Jesus said later in John chapter 14, he says, I am the way, the truth and the life, that no one comes to the Father except through me, that he gives us the opportunity to step into that prepared place if we step into that relationship with Jesus. How amazing. If we had a choice, it's like, hey, I'm going to spend eternity somewhere. I'm going to spend forever and a day somewhere. Would I want to do it with Jesus or separated from him? Can I tell you, if he's the one that's preparing the greatest mansion of anything that I could ever imagine, come on, I want to step into that kind of eternity. I don't know if you're with me, but that's where... I want to spend eternity. You know, me and Sherry recently, um, we purchased a, a house right before COVID, which was crazy in its own right, but we went and got some uh, furniture and the lady that we were working with at the furniture place, she was like, hey, this, this furniture is, is handcrafted. I was like, oh, that's cool. That just means expensive. Just translate that right there. And we were, we were like looking at this furniture and it was like, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And when you see something that's handcrafted, how many of you know that the difference between something that's handcrafted and something? Not, I mean, you can see the difference. I'm no furniture expert, but I have put together quite a bit of IKEA furniture in my life. And so I know, what, like, I know what not good looks like, so now I know what, what good, like you, feel, you don't feel the veneer, you feel the finish and you see the stain and you see all of the planing that had to take place and the tongue and groove. You see a tremendous amount of pride in something that's handmade. You, you see the creator's heart. Follower of Jesus, Christian, let me tell you something. What I love about Jesus, and as you look to where God will take you, Like you will find over and over and over again, you will see the creator's heart in his hand over and over and over again. Can I tell you that where God is leading you is not by chance, it's handcrafted. Every single moment. And I love the fact that last week we looked at Psalm 139, that he's been preparing us since we were in our mother's womb, but he's also preparing a place for us where we will spend eternity. And if if that kind of God, if my God is preparing a place for me before I'm even born, and he's preparing a place for me where not only, I won't, listen, death is not death if you are in Christ. Death is stepping into life that is only life. It is stepping into real life. You will never be more alive than you are when you step in. To eternity, I love that it's like a doorway. Death is just a doorway. Sometimes it's frightening because of the finality. I get all of those things, but one day when you close your eyes on this side of eternity and you wake up in the other side of eternity, you will be more alive then than you have ever been on this side of eternity. Whether you've lived 20, 30, 40, 100 years, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. He's gone to prepare a place for us. He's been preparing. He's already prepared it. The future is better because it's preferred. The future is better because it's prepared. But lastly, the future is better. I love this because it's perfect. Hebrews chapter 12, the next chapter, he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, he's talking about all those people that were in chapter 11 to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion. Come on, I love that translation of this. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Come on, he, the future is better. He shows us this, that he's perfecting you. And this, this perfect, it, it's probably not how you think it is. It's probably not the word that you are assuming because it's not perfect as in without blemish. It's perfect as is, as in complete. There's a Greek word that's translated, the word teleos. It says, having reached its end, complete, perfect. You see, the beautiful thing, about Jesus is that as a believer, he's perfecting your faith. And what I love about this is that we think about our future, he's also offering us a perfect future. I don't find it coincidental that I'm preaching on heaven. And last Sunday evening, I I got on an airplane from from Philadelphia and flew to, to Greensboro, North Carolina I was able to be with my grandmother for, or my, my family for my grandmother's funeral. My grandmother had, had suffered for, with dementia for, it's the, isn't, isn't it the worst? For three years. I'll never forget the first time she didn't remember me. I was at my, at the graveside, so privileged to be a pallbearer and honored to be there with my family. I walked up to my grandfather. He was sitting in a chair and I stuck my hand out to shake his hand. And I I believe it was the first time he didn't recognize me either. I started thinking to myself, These are two of my favorite people on planet earth. At the celebration of life or funeral for one, and one, I'm not sure, knows who I am. Something was stirred in my heart. Like, y'all, there's got to be something more. Like, there's got to be a better day. There's got to be something on the other side. So I'm like looking at these two people who are vibrant. My father, my grandfather was a fireman for 38 years. My grandmother retired from working at this uh, this, this factory. Like, I mean, she's in, in leadership and like she's done all these things. And now that they're, they're this is the way that they, the, the journey that they've, t- I've got to, I've got to believe there's gotta be more. Anybody with me, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. C.S. Lewis as I said already said the fact that our heart yearns for something earth can't supply is proof that heaven must be our home and for some of you it doesn't feel great right now for some of you like life throwing you curveball after curveball after curveball pivoted, pivoted, pivoted. You've tried everything you can do. But I want to tell you today, the reason that you may not feel comfortable follower of Jesus on this side of eternity is because this place is not your home. Listen, I don't want to be one of those pastors that tells you like that your time here doesn't matter. It does matter tremendously. Tremendously. Because I think that while we're here, we should be depopulating hell and populating heaven. Anybody with me? We should spend our life doing that if that's the only thing that we do. But there's a bit of discomfort that comes knowing that this is not our home. John writes the final book of the Bible in Revelation chapter 21, verse four. It says, one day he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more and neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away follower of Jesus hear me say this the future is better heaven awaits us come on that one day there will not be dementia one day there will be no more cancer. One day there will no, never be no COVID-19, 20 or 21. One day there will never be, there will never be HIV, there will never be any of these things that wreak havoc on us. There will be no more tears. There will be no more pain. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more mourning. But until we get there, we have to remember that the life that we're living for is better than the life that we're living in. Like you can't lose sight of that, that what we're living for is better than what we're living in, that even if it's great right now, come on, your future in Jesus standing around the throne singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory, that one day we will join in with the chorus of heaven. You will be in a choir, even if your voice is terrible. You're like, holy, holy, like it, whatever. But one day, whether you feel like on a one out of 10, you're living a one or a 0.1, or you're living a 9.9 or a 10, your future is better. So today, what I wanna do, I wanted us, as I've said every single week in this series, to take one step closer to believing that. Maybe today you're like, ah, I don't know, can we we just take one step closer to saying, listen, I'm gonna keep working through this. I'm gonna keep reading Hebrews 11, fighting to fend away my unbelief and to stoke my faith, believing that the future is better. Listen today, for distraction's sake, right where you are, would you just bow your head and close your eyes? If that weirds you out, you don't even have to, just for distraction's sake. Maybe today, you've never made the decision to follow Jesus. So the life you're living in is the greatest life that you will have the opportunity to live. But today you have the amazing opportunity to step into the life that is truly life. That's following Jesus. If you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, right there where you sit, I want you to pray a prayer like this. You don't have to say these exact words, but Romans chapter Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you will be saved. So right where you sit, would you say, Jesus, I'm acknowledging that you are the King of my life. Jesus, would you forgive me of my sins? Jesus, would you make me whole? Jesus, would you help me to believe that my future is now better? Jesus, would you save my soul? I just wonder if you're here today and you prayed that prayer. Nobody's looking around. Would you just throw your hand up just to let me know, man. I prayed that prayer. Absolutely, that's amazing. So good. today, maybe with every head so bowed, every eye so closed. Maybe you found yourself like me, where you just feel like the things of the world maybe have a, a grip on your heart. And you've got to manufacture some energy to get excited about eternity because maybe you just haven't just haven't had it on your mind. But as you think about it, there's something that stirs inside of you and you want it to stay there. That excitement about what heaven is going to be like that our Savior Jesus has prepared a place for us. If that's you and you're just like, man, I just want that excitement on a daily basis. I want this world to lose the grip on my heart and I want to be excited on a daily basis of what the future holds, that the future is better. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up? My hand is raised every day. That's what my desire for this world to have less hold on me. Awesome. Maybe as I finish as I pray that you would pray right there and would you ask God to do for you what I'm about to ask God to do for me, to allow me to to have it on my forefront. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much that your word promises us so many things. But I believe the greatest promise is that we will spend eternity with you. one day we will join in with all of the heavenly hosts and we will sing holy, holy, holy. Father, I pray that as we all, as brothers and sisters journey through this life, God, would you, would you detangle the things that grab hold of our heart? Would you loosen the grip of the things that hold us so tight? God, would you stoke the fire for us to believe that the future is so much better? God, I love you. Thankful for my church family. In Jesus' name I pray.